sheets for breakfast, sheets for lunch, sheets for dinner. We must be in central Pennsylvania. Welcome back to Detroit Dart Talk. I'm Alex. With me in the digital studio today is Tim. Hey. <laughs> and joining us today are two very special guests, uh, our good friends, James and Alan, affectionately known as the Cajuns, who joined. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, Long time listener, first time guest. <laughs> <laughs> We've never had anybody and, say uh, that before. Right? I know. I've listened to every episode. <laughs> you stole my goddamn line, James. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. <laughs> So this is going to be a lively episode, as you can tell, but uh, they joined us and several others, um, about a, a hundred or so of our closest friends, in uh, Crescent, Pennsylvania, this past, uh, I guess, two weekends ago now, uh, for Pennsylvania Survival Fest, also affectionately known as Passive. And uh, it was a fantastic event. We've already recapped the little mini con they had, Foam Nation, and tonight we're going to talk about the event itself, the HVZ portion, the meat of the sandwich, if you will. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> yeah. So um, you heard all about the convention last time. I mean, we should just jump straight into like morning of right. Mission one. Yeah. You know, briefing yeah. room. All right. right. So Saturday morning, what did you have from sheets for breakfast? I had a croissant Bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. I will legitimately spell out to you every sheets meal that I had if you want me to, but we don't want to go down that path. Oh my goodness. Hey Adam. Adam's I, here. I think what we should like where we should start is that passive, contrary to every HVZ I've been to, had us in like a gymnasium and everybody had tables. So getting set up, getting geared up morning of was way easier than it's been at any other event I've ever been to because I wasn't contending with stadium seating or contending with like just a mass of people pressing in from different angles. Yeah, that was nice. And yeah. and having the VIP area was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that was the VIP was very nice. I enjoyed yeah. that. So the VIP area for listeners was uh, essentially, if you bought a box of swag, part of that deal was that you would get a table in a separate VIP area that was kind of like cordoned off. And there were tables throughout the room, but these were basically like you got your own table and you could have whoever you wanted to sit at that table with you. I think we had four of the six uh, VIP tables were basically part of our larger group. And so we had that basically had our entire squad able to spread out in these tables Whereas a lot of people were a little more crowded together in the main floor. And it was just like a rope dividing us off. And we technically had our own entrance, but I don't think I ever used that entrance. Yeah. I thought we couldn't use that entrance. Yeah, the one time we tried to enter through it, it was locked. <laughs> in the back, not the side one that was netted off that someone came in through at one point. Yeah. We were all like, are you supposed to use that door? Because there's a net there. But yeah, it was very nice to be able to spread out and... Um, I feel like at one of the Grove City games, I seem to remember they, they had their kind of, um, it was like a multi-purpose large room where you, where they had briefings. And yeah, it was almost like, it a, like a, um, a student lounge. Yeah. And it wasn't like a ton of tables like this, but it was that same feel. So I, I have a feeling that was a little bit of the, uh, mic influence as game director. Coming I, in. I'm certain it is because but, that is not how Josh's team started to set the, t uh, the chairs up. That's right. That's right. Um, 
So yeah, so we had a nice table to spread out on. It's very nice, and uh, we we started suiting up for battle. And so we had all mostly done our blaster checks the day before, I believe. Yeah, so, we yeah. all did. Yeah, rolled in Which, casually. Always a good move at any event to do your blaster check in like the day before if you're having con whatever the day. Before. Yeah, I I loved that the safety briefings were done before the weekend even started. Oh, yeah. Yeah, virtual virtual safety briefings are one of the best things to come to the hobby because the other one that did that was when we went to Florida last mm-hmm. summer. They did the same thing, like three virtual briefings ahead of time and then one early Friday because they started Friday and ran Saturday as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you still got to kind of have one at the event itself, but giving people the ability to do that in advance and not have to deal with it the day of that was that was money yeah, yeah. it was yeah i mean just considering the drive we had to do that was saved us so much time to be able to do it the week of and not have to wake up that much freaking earlier to yeah get out there you know we also got to be a little bit more rambunctious because we could chat jokes while they were actually giving the safety briefing and it didn't disrupt because again huge room yep Oh, we had to be quiet a few times. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I mean, look, during the online safety briefings. Oh, yeah. We yeah. were able to. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were able to be rambunctious because we were able to, you know, type stuff in chat, and it wasn't disrupting um, brain. Just. Oh yeah, that was fun. Just, well, and I feel like it got more questions addressed too. Yeah. That virtual safety briefing format, because you know, That's you've got perfect. maybe maybe twenty twenty five people in one at most. All of those people's questions are getting seen. You have a member of your mod team who can curate those questions mm-hmm. and separate out the guy who's like, where do babies come from? And just throw that one out. <laughs> I had like three questions thrown out for being dumb. <laughs> That's my I point. Only had, I only had one, but I was intentionally making it dumb. So is mayonnaise an instrument? Mayonnaise is always an instrument and also a tasty condiment. All right. So, um, so mission one was a basically like choose your path. I think there were I want to say six. I think there were five. Were there five? Yeah, there five. Was, yeah. Okay. Um, it was one can... feature in PC. Gotcha. And they were kind of ranked on a difficulty scale of like baby's first HVZ to mm-hmm. I want to be challenged and shoot stuff. To um, death. Plain and simple. Yeah. Uh yeah. It was a one baby's first HVZ, two level twos, a level three, and level four, which was go kill a god. Well, there was also, I think there was one more, because there was a troll squad group. That was kill was a there? god. That was kill a god. That yeah. was kill, oh, that was kill a god. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they literally walked yeah. into the courtyard. God was standing there, and they took off their gear and became zombies. By for, le- for just that mission, by yeah. His, yeah, by his divine decree. Um. And so we had decided that because we had uh, three kids with us, two of which this was their first invitational, um, Tim's son and uh, Dan's son. Jet. Uh, yeah. Um, Jet and Milo was their first invitational. Sebastian had come to Inwar, so he he was familiar, and he's been playing Z13 for a while. So he's he kind of knows what's up, but we wanted to not do Baby's first HVZ because we don't need that. But um, we didn't want to over-stress the kids, so we, we chose one of the, the kind of difficulty one rating type ones. Um, and our mission was to what, go find... We had to find uh, Lawrence Croft. Dr. Lawrence, Dr. Yeah. Lawrence Croft. 
craft. Yes, craft. Yeah. Uh, definitely not croft, because that would be IP infringement. Exactly. Um, and yeah, so we set off. I, for that mission, was running my FDL Basic, and I had a um, Mighty Mama on it. And I was like going all mags, all mag heavy. And that was the only time I went mags. I'm gonna thing. I'm gonna go last for the loadout discussion because I'm gonna have to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I had my typical FDL. Uh, thank you so much, Adam. Uh, it was huge <laughs> being able to run that. Um, Welcome. Franken <laughs> uh, DL. Yeah, uh, the 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 heart of my FDL with the brains of Adams. <laughs> so he was there in in spirit, and I had a mighty mama. So I had Mega and Mega XL capability as well, um, with a couple of socks and thirty three magazines. My loadout now, thanks to the um, wonderful uh, engineering of Armstrong Accessories and our good friend Jay. Uh, I have 33 mags that I carry on my loadout, one in the blaster, um, nine on a drop leg, 15 on my chest, and six on my shoulder pauldron, and then three more on my belt. Jesus Christ, man. For the record, I run 16, 15 on the chest, one in the blaster. I don't I do not do the accessory mags like Tim does. <laughs> well, I mean, I tend to not have a very good them. trigger discipline. But also, I, I had I had two support drones that if they ran out of ammo, they then could draw from my stores. That is true. And by support drones, I, do, I mean my children. Yeah. Now, for for reference, I don't want Tim to ever decrease his mag capacity because Tim is why I did not have to run my FDL the rest of the day. <laughs> I would honestly like to see Tim fully clad in mags. Damn near saw it at Passive, man. <laughs> I mean, another pauldron, maybe a hat with mags. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was kitted out enough that the sacrifice in Mission 2, which we'll get to in a little bit, <laughs> did not hinder me whatsoever. Yeah, it. I, when I saw you just drop that entire thing, God damn it. <laughs> and at, it made mines look paltry. Now what was, Alan, what were you running? I was running my uh, NSP-1K by Brooklyn Tony that um, I had printed and built for it. Um, a Detroit special, the Al Mirage, that uh, I think might be the actual second one that was ever built. Adam, uh, is that right? Or did you build more than one? Uh, <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> I caught it, too. And I was like, ah! It's, it's um, classic. It has to be done, Alex. That is that is the either the second or third one that had ever yeah. been built. I don't know if you. I think it was the second because I think I built the passive special. Oh, you had wait. Are you talking about the passive one or yours? No, mine. My. I think yours was the second because I think I built the one for passive, which is now also yours. Uh, right. After you built it, so <laughs> you. Yeah, he this this man officially owns the most Almirages of anyone, <laughs> including you. But yeah, no. including yeah. me. Yeah, he he owns more than I do <laughs> of my own blaster. I told you I was gonna buy it the second I saw it. If no one else had, that's so, fair. I'm a man of my word. That's fair. Uh, so I was running that a six pack of cans for throwables. Uh, three cans. yes, foam <laughs> cans. It'd been really funny if they were not though. Uh, three unicorns for throwables, a little 
foam unicorns. Um, did I have Betty with me that round? I don't think I did. No, because I we knew we weren't going to see single points. Right. So yeah, I didn't have Betty that round, but uh, still fun. So yeah, that was my loadout for that round. Oh, and about seventeen mags fully loaded. Nice. So yeah, now for James. So. In order to carry my loadout, I altered the entire pack list for all three of us coming out of Louisiana simultaneously. <laughs> because I decided to carry, yes, two Meowsers, the white nines, one auto Meowser and one Noid Meowser, matched pair. They're beautiful. Adam does lovely design work, and my prints are great for once. But then I decided I needed to carry the 18 mags for those, and... Uh, second in existence, Hammervold by Domochevsky, pump action flywheel shotgun mm-hmm. that fires quad, elite, or mega XL. And I came in under passives, uh, 80 FPS maximum for MXL by one. <laughs> I came in at 79 in the mountains and. I greatly enjoyed carrying a terrifying cannon for two missions, but legitimately never got to fire it at anyone during the event. You didn't fire it at all? I only fired it at Z13 on Friday. (laughs) And we'll get into why when we talk about mission two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what was mission one? Mission one was... Go find... Right, we had to go find Dr. Larry Kraft. Kraft. Yeah, Kraft. Yeah, and we proved that though some of us were Boy Scouts, we had forgotten everything we knew about orienteering. Yes. Yeah, so... But we found a neat we, little Easter egg. Oh, we did. We did find a neat little Easter we egg. We found several dossiers on that extra walk. <laughs> we found the peep of power, God damn it. Which we thought was something, and it wasn't anything. Uh, well, so um, it was in the intro video. Because yeah. Mike, Mike and his team did amazing uh, cinematics. Um, they did some oh, yeah, no, fun done. videos. Yeah. Excellent production quality. Um, so they recreated the opening sequence from Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, mm-hmm. except that the Golden Idol was um, a um, uh, stuffed peep with a purple and pink party hat on, which... It's not the one we found, but I have that exact peep sitting on the top of my monitor stand from when Buff Daddy came up here during COVID um, when we were beta testing the basic. We did a little uh, two-on-two war down in my basement uh, and then recorded some thoughts, and he left one of those behind as a thank you. Gotcha. So yeah, we we walked on. A, a little extra, and and that actually came into play towards the end of the mission. That we t- took a little longer than expected to find our oh yeah target yeah definitely. To, to be fair, we also had a very large oval on the map. Yes, that our it target could be in, and we probably and we went. Go, we probably went the entire oh, the, length of the oval past yes. the oval. Yeah, no, it was no, literally did, the whole like did. he was in the last place we thought to look because we looked everywhere else in the oval. Literally, um, yeah. And if we had just gone, you know, just gone straight and said, taking the left, we would have found him in like 30 seconds. Now, for our listeners. Yeah, we probably would have been the first team back. Yeah. For our listeners, you have met Dr. Larry Craft. 
uh, because he has also been a former guest on the show. Um, uh, Avatar, John, from RIT and Endwar fame. Lovely human being. Yeah, he's amazing. Really nice guy. Terrible aim with a Mega XL. (laughs) Wait, 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 hold on. He wasn't (laughs) aiming. We I will were. actually take the aside to say, as as the guy who was coming from very far away, everyone you have had on this podcast who we met over the course of the weekend was lovely. Oh yes, definitely. So that was I fun. enjoyed. I enjoyed myself entirely. Yeah, yeah. So we found him, and his his mission objective was we had to play disc golf with Mega XL rounds. Yeah, with a boom dose. Fired out of the boomdozer. And for the record, I tried to let him play with Hammervald to run the course, and he got sad and told me he couldn't. Hmm. He had to have the special telemetry darts in there. Yeah. You didn't have those. <laughs> but yeah, so his his whole gimmick was he would swipe the blaster left to right, and you had to tell him to like lock. And then he would stop there, and then he would move it up and down. So you were playing like the aim the cannon game. And then you had to lock it on the up and down and then get it to fire um, and do that however many times to hit the disc golf goal. And so the aiming was totally on how well we told him to lock and fire. But constantly I just berated him for having terrible aim. <laughs> was it it was right before we found him that we had to deal with the zombies for the first time. Wasn't yep, it? that is true. Yeah, let's talk about that. So we were walking down through this large field they have on campus. It's part of a disc golf course. And we see behind us, way back by their athletic center, the zombie, like the the OZ starting horde. Um, and we had one tag-on kid who we didn't know uh, who was in pure panic mode the second he saw Headman. Well, you know, in hindsight, because that, that one random tagger on was from UMBC, correct? Was from yeah. UMBC. So yes, the kid was. knows how aggressive his own players are. So true. And he so, had rode up with them. So, yeah. I mean, maybe he wasn't being unreasonable for the people he normally plays with. He just didn't stop to look at how insanely kitted out yeah. we all were for one step off of baby's first HVZ. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they were not ready for Brotroit. <laughs> Aha. Um, yeah, so he had some, He we had to quiet him down. And I think that was a difference in, like, expected. There, there was a lot of culture class between what I call East Coast HVZ and, like, Ohio HVZ at the, the, this weekend where um, there were different expectations coming in. I think a lot of the kids from UNBC were expecting a UNBC game where... You know, they're limiting your blaster to like six round springers for mission one. And so the zombies are more powerful intrinsically because of that, because the humans are weaker. And then here we are with, you know, a literal wall of mag and darts. Um, And so we just sort of like, yeah, there's zombies. Let's keep walking. And we're just very nonchalant. And he was very panicky. And, and he had a but, freaking Hades. I mean, he could have taken. Yeah. I mean, th- so at first there was just two advanced scouts, but they were talking to well, the rest of the horde on a radio. Well, we saw the whole court horde come down the hill from the athletic center. Like they saw us, they're pointing, and then they started coming down and following us. And then we saw the horde break off 
and the two scouts followed our where we had walked. That's true. And the other horde started heading yep. over to what we now know was where Doctor Lawrence Craft was. Yep. When they I think saw him. <laughs> I think the intention had been that that horde because like one mission was on one side of that baseball field and then mm. our mission was on the other side. Right. And I think the intention had been that that horde was supposed to be at that other mission because it was that is correct. Another rung up the ladder from where we were. And then we were supposed to just kind of run the disc golf course and have a wander with, with John. And instead this horde decided, Oh, for some reason, let's go pick on the guys who brought the most toys and see how we do. Cause they didn't have a good time. No, like, no, they didn't. No, they, they, well, and, and we saw after a few encounters with them that they kind of, uh, noped out, pieced out. Yep. They, they noped yeah. out for a short time, then came back a little bit. I think they were intended, and, and you know, Mike might be correcting us in the chat in a second. I think they were kind of intended to float between the missions with like the idea, like they were more for the other mission, but they needed to come give us a little challenge because I know we were supposed to have some combat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was just kind of like a come down here, bug them for a little bit, head back over was the intent, but they were definitely playing like a roving horde of we want to go get tags um and so they kind of were all over the place and i think they didn't know what to expect like you said so they would get disheartened and go no we want to go find easier prey and leave us alone and then they'd come up you know all of a sudden they're back trying again um which you know it definitely felt like partway through the mission i was like man we were getting hounded by them like we weren't in really much danger but it was just like, wow, if this is difficulty two or whatever, I, I hate to see what the high difficulty levels might have been. Um, just because of the the sheer, like, they just kept on us. And whenever there's a horde hounding you, that, that you kind of get that, like, okay, we need to have a little break here. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, Mike just commented in chat, goal one mission was that the brains group was focused, uh, was the focus they wanted. Wait, was that... Oh, Brains Group was the focus of they wanted it, but they could go anywhere except Baby's First HVZ and where Troll Squad went. So you had Brains Group. Um, Who was the next one over in visual sight of us. Right. right. So yeah. so the OZs were basically told they could go anywhere, but Baby's First HVZ and whatever troll squad was screwing around with. So they, they could go anywhere. So th- th- we were valid yeah. targets. Um, right. But they were focused on brains encounter and then kind of wondered from there. Right. right. They, they chose. And I, th- and I believe, I believe, and I could be wrong on this. I believe brains group was uh, an RIT speed squad. Uh, so it, they I, were, sounds about right. I think that was happening. So his, his, his mission got done very quickly from what I was remembering. And I think that's part of why their attention shifted to us because we took so long. <laughs> Having run the the disc golf course backwards, we then yep, ran yep. the disc golf course forwards. Yep. Yep. Made it and very much to easier do, to do, by the yeah, way. We, and we then knew had where we were do, going. <laughs> yeah, and then we had to do a touch escort mm-hmm. a long way back to the briefing room. Yeah, yes. and and this is where it gets it got hairy for a second. Yeah. I, I mean, it was we came out with him and. I was like looking. I'm like, oh, this, the the horde is is doing something ahead of us. Oh, wait, the horde is engaging with humans. And I was mm-hmm. like, why are humans here? And it was the group that had finished their mission already had basically come out to like figure out where where we were. No, no. Yeah. So 
I no. yes, I am not supposed to be listening to mod radio, and I accept that. But I can't help <laughs> hearing over and over when John's radio keeps going off that the RIT kids are looking for John. Does yes. anyone know where John is? Uh, the RIT which... kids are looking for John, and then over the hill comes the horde and the all R- the RIT kids who yes. are looking for John. Yeah. And it wasn't just the horde we had encountered; it was also Troll Squad. Yes. So, so it was a sizable group. They had brought the they had brought every available zombie for mission one to us. Yeah. And there was a moment where John stopped and he goes, "Oh, look, there's our objective, but there's a horde in the way, so we could go that way, or we could go the long way around the baseball field." And we just went, "We'll we'll go the long way." What's a couple extra hundred feet at this point? Yeah, so we start going, and then the RIT kids start yelling at us to help them fight off the zombies. And to be fair, they were very well armed. They could handle that horde on their own. Yeah, and they could. They Leroy Jenkins that horde themselves. Yeah, they that did. was kind of like my my thought. My thought at the moment was, you brought them here, you deal with them, yeah. which maybe not the best human mindset to have. But I was also a little tired from mm-hmm. our double walk. Yeah, and uh, uh, our double yeah. walk and late night gumbo party. Well, yes. that too. Yeah, <laughs> sleep was not something that was very prevalent this weekend. So. No, the like all last week was just. Did you, Al- Alex? Sleep. Did you have to like ice your uh, your groin? <laughs> no, it was fine actually. I just dealt with the pain. Look, I'm honestly shocked that Connor didn't have a bruise from how close I hit him with it. <laughs> this is this is they are referencing the Mega XL Gauntlet by Maritime Foam and Foam Blasted. It fires two Mega XL darts at approximately ninety feet per second, straight into about as fast. They come out about as fast as you can blink back yeah. to back. I got double tap below the belt, and I instantly messaged Maritime Foam, and was like, "Do you have any more? I need to buy one." Yeah, me one right now. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm glad I bought that thing. That was the first but, um, thing I bought over at the... But the we get back to the briefing room. That's how yeah. Mission 1 ends. We have to well, deal with the RIT kids yelling and following us for the rest of the day. And, and there was a fun moment of Mission 1, which I was told was the first time this has ever successfully happened, at least to this degree, which was we... Our, most of our group kind of stayed. I think I think you guys, Alan and James, you kind of stayed more or less with the RIT guy. Yeah, we, we kind of rear guarded that. Yeah, you mostly you were was, you were the saving it, grace that they couldn't blame all of us for leaving. It, it was mostly because going up the hill, I was tired. The hill was kind of steep, and I just slowed down. Yeah, I'm well, and we didn't we didn't want any of the zombies kind of squirting through. Yeah, yes. and so we kind of escorted. Uh, the the NPC up to the back to the briefing room, and once it was clear, and I and I kept hearing the RIT kid just shouting for help the whole time, just yelling like "Come back and help!" And so they had in place at passive the daisy chain rule, which is to prevent like crushes and rushes at doors. So if you're going into a building, you can link hands, and like someone's on the door, and you can link hands, and as long as you are holding in that chain of people and you're not firing. You are safe from zombie tags. Yep, and I and it's it was told to me that that's that was always intended to be a safety thing, not a game mechanic. And we totally game mechanicked it because I called when I ran up. I called for the daisy chain, and it took people a second to be like, "Oh yeah," and we made a daisy chain and that it, went probably it like 
40 like people 40 out. people yeah yeah i'll be honest it probably saved me on that first mission because they were coming up on my butt well that's what guys tell me what i thought i was like, like you know i've 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 played at rit i know how a lot of the rit kids do and a lot of times they're very effective players they're i mean i would trust them but yeah. they also will turn and run because a lot of them are very fast and in hvz if you turn and run you're, you're someone's going to get tagged you don't have to be the fastest just faster than the slow guy exactly and so i i saw that and i was like i'm thinking okay this is the people who are coming up behind us so let's help them get to the building and so we called we did like a 40 person daisy chain and people were like someone came up to me and they're like i've never seen a daisy chain actually happen i've never even heard of it actually happening well and then they did it two or three more times throughout the day yep yeah it became yeah, so a very effective game mechanic. That was a that was a proud Alex moment for me. I was like, I called that. Now, I made that happen. To, All right. To be fair, most of the other invitationals I've gone to, where your entrance is in the side of a building in an open play area like that, um, the immediate area there's usually a designated safe zone. So like, yeah, like you don't foot. right. You don't have to rush into the building if you just get onto the raised cement, you know, outside of the asphalt of the parking lot or whatever, then you're safe type situation. Um, So I think that's why daisy chains don't work a lot more here. I think daisy chains are a lot more prevalent in like week longs. And when you are playing on campus, going from building to building, Mm -hmm. um, when you are entering and exiting more buildings than just your briefing room. That's fair. But yeah, so we we all survived mission one, and it was hot. Like the humidity got to me. Well, it got the high low too. I realized. I realized. I think I realized one of the things that was getting to me more than I real. I, I more than I realized at the moment was we were up in the mountains. Oh yeah, the oh. I had completely spaced that we were at a higher altitude than we are used to playing. And even though it's not like the Rockies, you know, the Appalachians are still. A decently high elevation. You know, that's a like fair our point ears that were, I didn't think about our at Our ears all. were popping coming and going to the Airbnb and stuff. Yeah, no. Yeah, the ear popping was a thing, but uh, it, it wasn't hot for me. No, it wasn't. It, well, it was okay. for us, it was a lovely. stroll. It was lovely. Yeah, that's it fair. Very lovely. Like, I'd, I'd go there again for summertime. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, have, I think it was more the elevation. I was just like, oh, man. I was Because I was breathing heavy, but I was like... Like our friend Garkoko was like, "Are you okay?" Like in mission one, and I was like, "I'm fine. I just can't. Like I'm just breathing." You know, Dan had and a very it, hard time regulating that. his temperature too. Yeah. So I think I think part of that was the altitude. It was not something that occurred to me until it, literally sitting here just now. Um, so yeah, but we survived mission one, and I think overall it was a fun mission. It went well. Um, the extra challenge we received, I thought was actually like it kind of made it made the mission a little more spunky than I was expecting. So it was nice. Yeah, and it was it was a good like start of the day, especially because like we had the kids, we had Connor who it was his first event, but like he's more than capable of taking care of himself. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so it was he's he's a little go getter. Uh, so it it was good for like warming up for the day and getting the blood flowing and. And used to what we were doing in the campus we were on. Mm-hmm. The other thing is we picked a part of campus that was um rough terrain. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We we went 
as much off campus as this campus had, but it was on campus. It was, it was, uh, un, probably... it was an unmowed airplane landing strip, basically. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we pretty much skirted the very edge of play zone a couple yeah. of times. So like, yeah, I'm, then... pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we crossed out of bounds at one point. So in between the... mission one and two, there was a kerfuffle outside with the OZs and somebody coming in. And I don't know the particulars of what happened. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is it's going to contribute to part of mission two, which is they had some tags reverted for dangerous play and caused the mods to change the rules about tags and zombies leaving the briefing. Yeah. Because at the start of the day, when they left the room, Hey, you're in play, you're good to go. And after that event, the mods changed the rule to when you leave the briefing room, you leave it stunned. Yeah. And when on the next five, you can band up and go, which was a good move because it didn't have that like 30 foot safe zone around the doors. Yeah. So it prevented crazy charges into the doors and stuff. Like yeah. That. There was some incidents like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that sets the stage for mission. Two. Yeah. And just real quick. I mean, like, so there were several instances where there were situations that had not been workshopped and the mod team did an amazing job of on the fly saying okay yes this is an issue we need to make a decision so that going forward we don't encounter this again and making a decision on the spot and it being the right decision yeah i was going to say that because from a game runner point of view like i think there's always a time or two at an hvc where you're like, like i wouldn't have done that i would have decided that personally Mm -hmm. at this one like every mod decision i'm aware of was like yeah that's exactly the call i would have gone with you know even in hindsight like that is hindsight 2020 that was a good call one is someone huge props someone who's been around this hobby for i've been playing hvz since before you were allowed to play hvz on campus and we were just illegally playing (laughs) inside of buildings um so i've seen a lot of problematic mods and i've seen some really good mods it's kind of neat to see a mod staff that is like the Avengers of mod teams, right? Where where Mike has managed to be like, you, you're the best there is at what you do. Come work for me now. And put together <laughs> this this all-star team to make this happen. Well, and I was going to save this for the end, but legitimately I can't say enough good about the mod team. I'm yeah, really, no. really pleased with them. Yeah. Now, to yeah. to be fair, and not to steal any thunder from Mike, because he did an amazing job assembling his team. Um, that's what the first two end wars were as well. You know, mm-hmm. the, Anna and Tyler assembled an amazing squad of um, players from the greater Ohio area to act as moderators, and then they uh, combined with Drax's team to actually put on end war. And that's why, you know, End War 17 and End War 18 are widely considered the best two. Well, End End War 1 and 2 is kind of like Highlander 1. You don't talk about the ones that happened after it. Exactly. Yeah. Even the director's cut renegade version. Back on to Passive. Passive Mission 2. Mission (laughs) 2. So, all right. Mini story time for Alex, and I will come back to my story in a little bit. I was standing there and I said, hey, guys, I am not feeling good. He had the sheets I, and chips. I don't know if it's the sheets is getting to me. I'm, I'm 
I, something's not doing right. I don't know if I'm, I'm getting a little woozy. I might have to skip mission two. I'm going to go to the bathroom and you know, if I, I might just sit out, I might just take a break and sit out this mission. Just made sure everyone's aware. And I excused myself and I said, you know what? I'm going to go talk to Brandon Mike and I'm going to make sure that if I want to join the mission late, like I know where to go, like where the humans will be. And if I feel up to it, I'll come join you mid-mission, but I'll, I'm probably just going to sit out. And so I excused myself, went and found Brandon Mike. You know, they showed me the map. And then I went out, uh, headed out to the bathroom. And that's the end of my story time. Yeah, and this wasn't unreasonable because at this point, Milo um, was going to sit out mission two because he had gotten um, he had gotten sick on Friday, overheated, hadn't eaten anything other than pure gummy sugar. <laughs> Um, and ended up going back to the Airbnb and getting sick, um, because he wasn't taking care of his body. Not, you know, and he may have had a stomach bug after the fact, but the lack of proper nutrition definitely played into it. So at this point, when Alex excused himself, like it was completely reasonable. I was like, oh, well, maybe something that we had gotten on the way up or at the, um, convenience store in the morning, um, you know, had been causing, you know, some mild food poisoning. And that's why uh, Milo and now Alex are not doing so hot. Yep. So, um, so the rest of us gear up and go out for mission two, uh, and mission two, we were with Dora and who is the dude in the leather jacket? Uh, uh, Mick Rage. Yeah, it was, Rage. yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be, we were, we were with, we were with Dora Clark and Mick Rage. Oh, yeah. Our, our good friend Luke from uh, Geneva College. Awesome guy. So we went wandering off with uh, Mick Rage and, and Dr. Dora Clark and basically went back to the same area we were in for uh, Mission 1. Yeah, We went the right way this time, though. We did. We had escorts. Yeah, so we... And we didn't go directly there, though. So it started off, we were going to a temple of peace to find mm-hmm. one of three components for a staff that was going to what was it what was it going to do it was the staff of janus which was to unlock it's, the main temple right yeah, it's the big it's the big key we had to go yes. make the key yes so one of those three components was in this temple of peace so we get to mm-hmm. this like bricked archwayed path so it is necessary to mention there are three missions. There is a brains mission. There is a brawn mission. And there was a something else mission. Speed mission. What matters is yeah. brain friend of the everyone was running the brawn mission. And we were going on the brain mission <laughs> that brain wasn't running. Yes. That'll be important later. Yes. So we'll call it the intelligence mission yes. to avoid confusion. So, so we get up and it's between the two baseball field or baseball and softball field. There is like mm-hmm. this, this cobblestone walkway with these like brick pillars on either side. And it kind of fit the theme of the entrance to a temple pretty well. So we yes. get there and Dora uh, explains to us that this is a temple of peace. So we have to make a sacrifice. And then she just kind of lets that hang in the air. And then she goes, luckily none of you have to be sacrificed, but we did have to give up a ton of ammunition there is a five gallon bucket that we had to fill so people are you know t- 
tossing in some socks, a few, you know, darts here and there. I look around. Drop in like eight Mega XL shells. Yeah. I, I look around. I was like, all right. I walk up. I pull the entire shoulder pauldron off of my shoulder, which was six uh, Worker 15s and two two of uh, France Foam Works uh, Foam Brain throwables and just drop it in. And you just hear Dora go, oh, <laughs> and then the the very last item that was dropped before she went that's enough was connor ran up with one of the unicorn throwables and dropped it in the box yes yeah <laughs> uh and the reason that we had to give up all this ammo and the reason we had so much weird ammo was this was the first mission where we were informed that all single weak points would be in effect yeah so that's what cool. a single weak point zombie was was a zombie that was only susceptible to a particular type of special ammo and those special ammos were throwables, Mega or Vortex, I think was the other thing on the Mega, and then Mega XL rockets, etc. And they were denoted by yellow flags, red flags, and blue flags. It wasn't Vortex, it was Reactor Balls. Was it Reactor Balls? Right, yes. I was going to say, Vortex counted as a special ammo? Reactor Balls were thrown in there just for buff daddy. But we're, we're in mission two, and we're wandering into the end mode... Uh, airstrip again yes yes and we're wandering down one side of it and there are puzzle pieces with letters on them and we have to Mm -hmm. find the letters and on either side of the puzzle pieces were a couple of flags so like we could tell where they were because the flags stuck up probably about three feet off of the ground which was higher than than the grass yeah the field was probably 200 yards long and probably 80 yards wide that sounds about right safely yeah so, like, we had people running down the sides because this is also the point where we had our first encounter with a mod-driven special zombie NPC, yeah, the villain, which was yes. Nebula, the flesh beast. Yeah. So this one, it, yeah, her actual name was Nebula, but she functioned exactly like the flesh beast from Mall Mutation Madness Three or mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Yes. Whatever they call it. it. Yeah. Mall the game. mall game. Mall game. You got so, it, Mall Mutation Madness 3. Yeah, so she had a pie plate taped to the small of her back. That that was the only way to stun her and any uh, zombies that were attached. And then there was a bunch of ropes. Um, and any zombie that was on a rope was completely invulnerable. Mm-hmm. I will say those four zombies that were with her for this played that beautifully. They, like, they, exactly they, were, they were supposed to do. They were legitimately scary on those tentacles. It, it, it worked like, out very thematically. One of them had a noodle, too, so his effective range was like 12, 15 feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but so they're coming on. We're dealing with them. We're doing the mission. We have to find the things, and then we have to find go and get the flags. And at this point, the horde of UMBC OZ zombies show up, and they are up the other path from us. Mm-hmm. kind of pinching us at that point right and we can't move on right this this quote-unquote door is not open and we can't move on to be fair we have ammo for days we're not exactly in a hard spot right and they're up the hill i did not however and- have any socks because the only socks i had were on that pauldron i dropped uh, yeah. i still have a six pack of cans <laughs> yeah we're getting there um so they're up the hill from us and they're strategizing and doing their thing and we're just setting lines and kind of like whatevering, but Nebula and the couple of zombies 
with her have kind of pulled back and the the horde of OZs plus whoever they've gotten come down the hill at us and just get chewed up by the mass of fire because that's that's what happens right we've got an FDL an FDL basic an FDL2 a utter just pile of fly core driven systems mm-hmm. and just yeah chew it up who cares yep and the one of the zombies in the horde was single weak point socks and had a shield and the shield was in such a way and the belt for the single weak point was worn in such a way and she was wearing a yellow shirt that nobody knew that when she came in yeah it was a little obscured so after the charge they announced that anyone got tagged by her is out because she's single weak point immune and she didn't get uh she didn't get tagged before they got there well, the they announcing this was the zombies, not the mods. Yeah, yes. the zombies. And not even the um, zombie that did the tagging. Correct. Right. Um, there is the claim that two tags were made. The zombies are rather frustrated because, like we talked about before, they had a bunch of tags reverted uh, due to some dangerous play concerns. And rather than slow play down anymore, uh, me and Alan took it upon ourselves to just be like, look, we'll take the tags. It's cool. Because nobody we're else was speaking on. up. And, and yeah moderators were not as quick on the uptake as you were yeah well and and i mean we run events here we're knowledgeable about how things go and we'd rather yeah. see play continue right and then see things mired down and and right to be clear that is not a judgment on the moderators you guys you guys were just very quick on the uptake to just, step in oh yeah before a moderator could physically arrive no 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 dora and um mike were they well, were Nick. trying to sort things well yeah Mick, they were they were trying to sort things out at the time. We're just like, this is gonna slow down too much. James literally looked at me, told me, "Hey, come pick this up." I'm like, "No, hand it to Connor." I walk over to Tim, hand him Betty with a whole bunch of shells. Yep. And uh, yeah. And yeah, and we uh, we boogied it back to the briefing room. Uh, we had a couple of stops to talk to uh, Luke and then Mike on our way back, just because that was like the path we were walking. Happened to walk past them. Right. Uh, and we went and geared down and uh, found that Alex's bathroom visit had gone well. But we'll get yeah. back to that once Tim tells you how much <laughs> you win. Yes. So you guys leave. Um, we point out even further that them allowing you guys to sacrifice was, while it's honorable, it isn't the right thing to do to let you guys do that, um, which I think played into your perks in the next mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Alex, refresh my memory. Did the zombies bug out at that point for a while? No, they stayed with us because at that point, don't ask me, I'm not there. Oh, that's yeah, right. I, I wasn't with you. I that's know right. that at least, at least one of them did. All right. So we came across him talking to Mike on our way back. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, Gameplay resumes, and we have figured out that the puzzle pieces spell out the word wings, um, which I don't know if we knew what the significance of that or not yet uh, in story, um, but it's significant. Um, and then the second part of this puzzle was that we had to arrange the flags that were by those puzzle pieces I mentioned in like LCD crystal display numbers to enter the code to open the um 
the passageway down like this side path. And so we figured out the number sequence and got that going. And I shit you not, it was literally the force field wall, uh, force field shield wall situation from Phantom Menace where, <laughs> um, where Qui-Gon gets in and is battling with Maul, but, but Obi-Wan is trapped and they have to wait for the doors to open and close. So they, we could only progress forward a little bit and we had zombies on our heels and this is where we lost Gary um, because Gary was stuck in a wall when it came back up. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so we make it down to the end. Um, the component that we needed was inside the, um, the one disc off uh, goal that was down there. And then we hoofed it up the pathway and over through the baseball diamonds um, and went back to uh, mission briefing. I don't think we really had too much resistance after that. Well, it sounds like you had a pretty eventful mission too after we left. It, it was it was steady, um, but not as dramatic as it was before you guys bugged out. Oh, well. So my mission too. I had to excuse I, myself to the bathroom. I do have to say something real quick. I should have called bullshit on this from go because I was in the bathroom right before I got word. You were in the bathroom. I actually did go to the bathroom, but just to pee right before the mission started. Uh, <laughs> Gargunkle saw me in the bathroom, so he could have clarified if anyone had sussed it. He would be like, oh, no, I saw Alex in there. Um, but I had gone and talked to Brain and Mike now about. I want to say four days prior to the, that day, Brain, had, I had made a comment while we were just chatting on Discord uh, about, like, make me a tank, haha, you know, to Brain. And he immediately DM'd me. I was like, so, fun story. Uh, we actually have need of that for Mission 2. Basically offered for me to troll squad as a tank during Mission 2. And I had taken him up on that offer. So I had come up with this excuse that I didn't want anyone to know I was troll squatting. And I was like, this is totally believable. Ah, the sheets is upsetting my stomach. And I felt really guilty about that later because like Dan in particular from our group was actually like legitimately worried about me because I was gone for so long. He was messaging me like privately, like, are you okay? Um, it's because Dan is but, just an so, amazing human being. He is. He is. So happy birthday, Dan! Uh, by the way, oh, you stole my <laughs> shout out. Shit. Edit it out. Edit it out. It's fine. Just cut, cut, cut right there. Cut it right there. All right, I'll come up with um, uh, So I had excused myself. I went up to Brandon, Mike, did the whole like, "Hey, I'm just making it look like I'm trying to talk to you about what I told them. Show me on the map, blah blah blah." And they <laughs> totally did. And then I went outside and like, um you know, got prepped with the other uh, three tanks they had recruited for this troll squad, which was Buff Daddy, uh, Artemis from our club, they had recruited because they figured, like, Artemis is a pretty competent zombie player now, like, surprisingly very good zombie player for how little HVZ they've done, and has seen, like, has seen me tank at Z13, so, like, knows what it's for. Um, so Brayden recruited Artemis, and then, um, I don't know their real name, but they go by Ramen, from UMBC. Very, very chill, awesome person. Very good tank, too. And had recruited us. So we 
stand up outside in the lobby and I'm hiding behind brain so that people won't see me through the door or who like Gargoyle came walking back out. I was like, oh crap. And like hid down behind brain and no one saw me. And then we went out to our own section, which was the brawn mission, I believe. And brain was in charge of the brawn mission as cupcake, his character. And the quick synopsis of that was it was brain expected it to be a murder for the humans. Um, We were led down to a green space we were given a hula hoop, and we were told to hide the hula hoop somewhere in the vicinity. Um, the mods thought that my joking idea of hiding it like inside of the tent was hilarious, so they hid mine in literally in the top of a tent, a camping tent between layers. <laughs> so you could see it through the top of the tent, but otherwise you couldn't see it. And then we all went down a path through the woods, and we're told just to mill around and wait. The human's objective was to come get the tanks, bait them out of the woods, get them to the green space, find all the hula hoops that were color matched to each tank, because each of us had a perk or a singular weak point. So I was weak to only Mega. There was a Mega XL only tank, a Sox only tank, which was buff, and then I believe Artemis was a shield tank. Um, so no, you know, any dart, but they, they didn't have a shield. And... They had to find our hula hoop and hide us into the hula hoop, which then keep us there for 10 seconds. So like three, you know, tank respawns. And then we would deactivate and give them the MacGuffins, which were a set of keys. There was one real key and three fake keys, which I had no clue what the story was at this point. Um, And then we would, after a little bit of being stuck in the containment unit or whatever, we would break free um, you know, basically brain would come over and say, oh, you're breaking free <laughs> and announce it to the players. And then we would go harass them a little more. And we were told to go easy. Like, don't, don't be crazy tanks. Just be a menace, be a nuisance. If they really mess up that, you know, tag them, but don't go for the kill. Um, because they were expecting the horde to be there and the horde was not there. The horde left our mission very, or never, never came to our mission. I'm not sure. I saw one other zombie at any point. Um, and so it was fairly easy for the humans. One human did get tagged when their kiter crossed my kiting path and my kiter got tagged. <laughs> um, which was the tricky part was that this was a contained little green space and there was not a lot of space to move around in it. Um, eventually brain had to go knock my hula hoop out of the tent and go, Oh my God, how did this end up here? At which point several players, <laughs> yelled profanities at him and then they kited me in and deactivated got the key and they all left and we followed them back to the briefing room um so i was a little sad because i didn't i didn't see my friends and i really wanted to surprise them and i even like when they first aggroed me in the woods i did my big loudest shred my vocal cords tank yell because i was like if tim's out in that green he's gonna be so mad when he hears me yell (laughs) i did not but you got a little bit of that yeah. I mean, to be fair, yeah. you went on the brain mission, not the brain mission. <laughs> and and you didn't get to terrorize us, but you did get a little bit of that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, you did. Yeah, no, I, it was a good time. It was fun. I had, um, there was an RIT person kiting, several RIT kids were kiting us out of the woods. 
And one of them had been at Endwar and had encountered me as a tank at Endwar. And there's footage from, I think, Buff Daddy's camera of my, like, second big yell. He was like, oh, God, Endwar flashbacks. Alex out so, here giving people PTSD. At yeah, that, that made my day. It was a fun time. You know, we were doing, we kind of became like the joking tanks at the end. Buff and I were trying to just hug each other. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it was a good time. It got hot. You know, we were in the sun, but... uh other than that, that was that part of the mission. So it was supposed to be, with zombie support, like a very difficult thing to do. To find these hula hoops, kite these tanks while zombies are hounding you. But all the zombies were like, no, we want to go do this. And they had left. Which I kind of became a recurring theme at the event. A lot of the zombie choices for the Horde ended up taking them to the place that didn't get them as, ma- as many kills as they would have wanted. Yeah, like, so much so in finale, like... The mods had to do things to make the, the kill curve work. Yeah. Yeah, going into finale, and I mean, we had had like a basically a mission canceled, you know, because of weather. But going into finale, there was a lot of questioning of like, are we like 50-50? And I think there may have been more humans than zombies it, at that point. It was point. a bit more like 60-40 at that point. Yeah. Still. There is technically two missions in between that, but yeah, we'll get yeah. there. Um, yeah. Because then we went on lunch slash mission three. Yeah. Mission three was optional. And yeah, yeah, so for anybody who's listened to us talk through um, the Grove City games that we've gone to, um, they did a very similar thing where they had um, like side quests, NPC quests, where you could go up to the bulletin board, take a, uh, a quest, go out and complete it. And it was kind of free play-esque. So if you wanted to do one and then go get lunch, or you wanted to just sit back and relax, or if you wanted to hardcore go keep playing because you didn't feel like eating, uh, it accommodated whatever style of play you wanted. It, it's a great yeah, mechanic yeah. Um, because while there is stuff that can happen, like for instance, I know that one of the quests led to a basket that had a bumblebee throwable. <laughs> and if somebody had found that and pegged um, uh, Mick Rage with it, uh, they would have unlocked a uh, special item. Um, the bees! bees. <laughs> the bees! No! But, um, and then there was, yeah, there was several things where the mini missions made it, if you did them, it made it easier later. Mm-hmm. And I believe they got a few items from those. Uh, um, yeah, they upgraded to a couple extra shots on the BFG. Um, there was a I martyr band, it, which was something yeah. they got from Z13. Yeah. Well, um, to be fair, Martyr stole it from Young, or uh, Z13 stole it from Youngstown. Yeah, but they, I'm just going to say they stole it from us. I don't care what Mike might be typing in chat right now. They took <laughs> there were there were a large number um, of power ups that were unlocked actually after mission one going into mission two for okay. home. all gotcha. of the all mission, missing team members again because yeah. I was doing my shenanigans and trying to lie to my group and make them worried about me. I missed a lot of what happened oh, I, for the human. I side. get you because um, I knew there was like, also a portable safe zone, which was yeah, a the, special hula hoop. The reason I didn't bring it up is I didn't witness any of them used with great effect other than the murder band. Right. And that wasn't until until a final mission. Uh, And Mike is saying in our chat that unlocked after mission one and then upgrading them was in free play. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah, so we none of us, to my knowledge, none of our group did free play. Although something amazing did happen during the free play. So at one point I'm up in the um, the chronograph and like check in area, 
and I look out and I see, um, um, I see Jeff blue and, uh, his counterpart and a few other people coming in and a guy wearing a Canadian flag barbecue apron. I'm looking at like, (laughs) that guy looks really familiar. That guy looks really familiar. Oh my God. It's Bogue. So give him a huge hug, basically drag him by the arm to bring him in to introduce him to the Cajuns. I guess, Hey, go, I walk in with him and I go, Hey guys, this is drill princess. To which I respond, Holy shit. You're Danny Bogue. And Bogue (laughs) got really embarrassed. (laughs) And then I gave him a (laughs) t-shirt. Yep. So many t-shirts. So it was unexpected surprise. And, you know, Bogue's one of those guys where he'll tell you he's going and then never actually intends on it or something else comes up. Um, but he's he's one of those enigmas where you never truly know when you're going to get your next dose of Bogue. Um, I had not heard he was going to be there. So him showing up was, you know, even cooler. Um, so we did get to run with Bogue. And, you know, and, and I guess back up because... Scotty and Nick and Morgana from the Ohio crew were running with us. Um, so we already had yes. some Ohio, you know, some, some bro Troit, and then it becomes bro with an EUX Troit. E-A-U-X, um, yeah. Um, so we already had some Ohio love, and then Bogue showing up was just icing on the cake. So that, that's my mission three story. My I mean, mission we, three we story involved. Yeah, I, I made it short where I ate a whole hot dog. I, I was in the background of that short. I believe. <laughs> you, you were Alex. Yeah. You're welcome. All of a sudden I just heard this very happy talking loud about a hot dog, like right behind me. I turned around <laughs> and James is just like phone up. Like it's a sheet hot dog here. <laughs> just so happy. I love the, it. The amount of love this man has for sheets is like <laughs> when I was, <laughs> when I was young and broke sheets was there for me. When I am an adult and slightly less broke, Sheets is still there for me. It's good food too. Like, I, okay. I will, I will Let's say, first time what? I had Sheets was a. I went to Allentown, Pennsylvania, last October for work for a week, and I, James is like, you got to go to Sheets. You got to go to Sheets. It's better than Wawa. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. So I went, and after I go there, and I'm like, James, I, I message him after, says, yeah, you're right, better than Wawa. All right. So just as a segue, side note, whatever, for anyone like west of Cleveland, Ohio, a Sheets is a gas station that has a bunch of food that they make there fresh. Yeah, for it, anyone from yeah. Texas, it's a Bucky's if you chainsaw off the inexplicable Bass Pro Shop. Yes, this is correct. <laughs> so yeah, like like for Michigan, we don't really have a comparable thing. Like we don't generally get food from. Although apparently we are I, getting sheets. We are now getting sheets. I saw recently. Welcome, welcome to the blessed land. And apparently there are some. Uh, there there are some. What is it? Some some gas We're getting station. Bucky's too. Dude. I think. In Michigan. Really? Yeah. yeah Bucky's so. expanding everywhere, dude. I, last, I think there's I two have, going in in the next year. Oh wow! I know the Kentucky one was the furthest north right now, but. Anyways, gas station talk aside, that's why we're talking about Sheets, because we were in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and if you wanted food, it was pretty much the only decent option that wasn't like a small, like actual sit-down restaurant. Um, And to be fair, it's not bad food. It's 
It's not what you would consider gas station food. It's serviceable. Um, and there's it's serviceable and that's coming from someone who is just has qualms with eating gas station food. But uh, look, I understand yep. the love for it. I do get it's, the love it's, for it. It's it's 7-Eleven level food. Yeah. I've never been inside a 7-Eleven in my life. What? I'll find about no. that. It's definitely better than 7-Eleven, but no. I'll, I'll roll so that we can eat this episode. I, I will say this. Y'all need to come down to Louisiana and try some of the actual gas station food we have. Totally different level. Y'all will really? freaking, y'all never eat again. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, all right. So we continue on with our adventures. Um and mission four, you know, comes up and mission four the object the basic premise was the staff has been assembled, the staff of Janus, and we need to go unlock the temple, the the main temple, and make our way through the temple. And I was looking at a map beforehand of campus and I said, I bet you the mission's gonna be around here. Because there's this really long paved walkway that like is in like this mall you know between all the buildings and it's i don't think anything's happened there yet and sure enough that was mission four so obviously we aren't with you guys for mission four right we're zombies now and i'm back to being a human we had legitimately no idea what was going on even after our briefing yeah, we, we were just kind of told, hey, you're zombies, they're going into a temple, you're basically coming out the walls. That, but, that was pretty much what we got told. But there were no actual walls, and we did not understand what they meant by maze. But yeah. that's unimportant, because <laughs> then they did me and Alan single weak point mega. Yes. And they've got the zombies staged up, like, down the hill behind a building, and the... The zombies are like, oh, we're all going to take off a late jog. And it's me and Alan and Lou. Yep. And we look like between the three of us, look at each other and we go, ah, thanks, though. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, I, I literally told him, like, I'm old. I'm fat. I ain't running. I ain't so, even jogging. Yeah, you're they good. take off jogging and we're just wandering. Or as Alex would refer to it, tactical. Mood. <laughs> and I am. We rested our bright purple pants and matching Talonax armor shirts, and I'm wearing a cowboy hat. And so we come walking out of the zombie throng into the first group of humans, and no one knows what to do. And there's just darts bouncing off of us. <laughs> then I start hearing cries of Mega! 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 And that was cool. <laughs> that was yeah, one of the things I loved about seeing the weak point was like when it was kind of like slow played in a way mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you're just shooting me. Nothing's happening. And then there's that moment from the human side of like, oh, my God, get the special ammo. Well, guys. It, it's way more fun as the single weak point guy to to see the fear in their eyes. Mm-hmm. As I waded into the human group and dart, dart, dart. And I yep. see Bogue. <laughs> and Bogue is sock, sock, sock. And then he locks eyes with me and goes, that doesn't work on you. And I tag him and I go, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get hit by a couple more darts. I swim through like five or six humans. Finally, a mega dart bounces off of me. I go, okay. And I want to respawn as I'm wandering. Back. The footage is on my camera. I look at Bogue and I go, I'm retired because I got Eddie Bogue. <laughs> um, you can actually see the point where uh, in one of Buff's videos where uh, for Mission Four that uh, me and James actually split off 
and that sequence where it happened. I went around the food truck. Blue was right behind me the entire time. I'm going, waiting through people on the right-hand side. James is coming in on the left-hand side. Just We got like 10 to 12 people in that rush. It was great. Then they learned what Mega Mega Only was, and it kind of sucked after that. <laughs> so at that point, we are we are moving through stage by stage. And from the human point of view, we have this cut scene, you know, where they're opening the doors. And a and, huge boulder comes rolling out, just like Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, and, and so they, they roll out a string of caution tape straight through the humans, cutting us in half, and announce that we cannot cross the caution tape Unless we get an item, we get a climbing kit. Um, and then wait, wait, wait. Uh, All right, hold on. Mike just said yeah. in chat, "I wish we could have used the actual boulder." Wait, wait. You, you had an actual boulder, Mike. That the, the is what caught my eye. Yeah, you had a boulder prop, and you weren't able to use it. Where the hell was it? Twelve oh, <laughs> beach ball. ball. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been epic. Be on order. Could you not blow it up, it. Mike? I would have. Oh, weather concerns. Yeah. I, I, was, I would have donated some of my breath to blowing that damn thing up. Oh, man. But yeah, so Mike gave us this little talk and then all this stuff. And as he's doing so, he's like, oh, we, we pose for a group picture, too. And Mike's like doing hand signs. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. And so everyone is just turning around and no one wants to pose for the picture because we're convinced he's going to have the zombies charge from the back. They don't. You know, we, we we split in half before the zombies came out, and then they came out right when we thought at that moment. And then we have to move around. We can't move necessarily straight down the path. They would route us around the edges in some point. Yeah, so stuff. the boulder that came rolling through created a, a chasm between the play area, and that's what the uh, caution tape was denoting. So right. you were either on one side of the chasm or the other. So you could shoot across it, but yes. you could not interact directly. Correct. And you could not go past the mod that was basically the, like leading the caution tape either to kind of like slow roll so the humans couldn't just charge past. Um, and so I was up there next to the mod holding it, which I believe was Bryn, and was just like basically helping out by announcing to my side, like, nope, we can't go past here. We can't go past here. Turn around and trying to organize the humans into that way so they didn't just rush by and, you know, mess up the game. Um, and we did a series of puzzles along the way. It was like unlocking the next stage of going to the temple. So I think there was a, a mirror puzzle that both sides had to hold up a hand mirror, or a bigger hand mirror, like a, a wall mirror, and you had to line them up in a way that, like, two moderators could then see each other in the reflection. <laughs> and that took a while. <laughs> Um, we had an invisible maze where someone had to get through the invisible maze, you know, taking one step at a time. Um, it was basically a bunch of stuff that wasn't necessarily difficult tasks, but was time consuming puzzles so that the zombies could just keep trying to eat away at you know, whatever, whatever side they wanted to attack. And they, for us, attacked the other side because there were fewer people over there. there were, I, I think it was because there were fewer special ammo. Was what I heard well, yeah. one yeah, person I mean, say. But yes. yeah, that's pretty much the whole idea. They kept saying, "There's less mega over here. There's less mega." But they weren't counting for the fact that y'all can shoot mega across and hit us from across the. And once chasm. we realized we could do that, you know, there was like a firing line up along the caution tape. Yeah, I, yep. I did not make it to the other 
team quite a few times. My goal yeah. at that point was to tag you guys with Betty Blooper. Yeah, sadly, uh, one of my prototype shells broke on you for that. And if it hadn't, I would have had you. <laughs> Thankfully, the new shells shouldn't do that again. So we uh, we keep going, and after all the puzzles, there is then a cut scene where everyone pauses, and uh, the villain of the HVZ is revealed. It is, in fact... Dora the Explorer, Dr. Dora Clark, is revealed to be Pandora of mythology. Uh, it was her the whole time. And her, her her thugs seize the director, Mike, and proceed to monologue and then kill him with a blaster. <laughs> so this is... His own blaster. I his mean. own blaster. And he died happy. There are pictures that yeah. show he was just smiling the whole time. I'm still of the opinion they should have resurrected him as a zombie to charge with us. Oh, Mike this... says he was supposed to die by a boulder originally. <laughs> yeah, for our this is pretty much the only <laughs> the only part of the game that wasn't crazy about moderating because I felt like we should have been at that last hold before the the cutscene longer than we were. Weather might have played in that. I don't know how the decision was made. But that's the only place where I'm like, mm, I feel like we should have been here. Yeah, that felt a little bit uh, rushed ahead. But again, probably yeah. the weather was getting a little stormy. Yeah, I will say, thinking back, it was kind of boom, boom, boom right at the end there. But yeah, so we had the cutscene, villains revealed, and then basically she was like, I'll make sure you can safely have time to prepare as we resume gameplay. So kind of like a pseudo in-character fourth wall breaking moment. And was like, I'll have, I'll make sure there's time for you to prepare. And then he starts counting down from 10. Um, and the mission at that point for the humans was get back to the briefing room. And they had very smartly uh, caution taped off like a route to prevent humans from like, just like piecing out into the wrong areas. Um, and also to bring the hill. Yeah. I was going to say also to keep humans cause they would have done it from going down the very steep embankment down to the briefing room and actually having to go around to the door. Um, so it was a very well thought out thing of like, Hey, let's cordon off the area for the humans to go. And so when game one, when game on was called the humans just kind of booked it. And normally I am a, you go slow and you just shoot the zombies and even at that point, I was like, nope, I'm going to just take this one in a jog and head over there. Um, and I think like that's where Buff was actually tagged out, was when we all turned to like go back to the briefing room. Yeah, no, that is pretty much right there. Um, yeah, I saw him get tagged, but I also saw it in his video. Yeah. Um, speaking of that slippery, I can attest that that hill was a bit slippery, because uh, I kind of slid down a little bit and went, took a knee on the hill. <laughs> he beefed it a little bit there. Yeah I, yeah, I got right back up. I wasn't hurt. That was one where I was running up and I was about to do the, hey, daisy chain again. And to my joy, someone had already called for the daisy chain because they'd mm -hmm. seen earlier how effective it was. And so yeah. we, we made a little date, not as big as, not as glorious as the first one, but we well, they chained up. both doors. Yeah. Oh, they did. They? Yeah. They chained front and back. Because I was I about to go know. tag one of them when they, I literally dodged their mega that came at me. I, then I slipped and hit the knee on the uh, hill. Then they daisy chained to get in. Otherwise, I would have had a couple of them at the door. Yeah. 
And that was Mission 4. So overall, I thought Mission 4 was really well done. It was fun. I liked the puzzles. I liked that it was essentially you could, as a human side, you could do the puzzle or you could just treat it like a hold and defend mm-hmm. the people doing the puzzle. I thought that was well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And like, even though you guys said as zombies, you felt like after the first little shock of like, haha, we're only immune to Mega or immune to everything but Mega. Um, and then it started getting a little harder for you to get the tags. I was very concerned for for the humans, mostly on the other side, because we were not getting hit as much. Um, it, it felt very like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, the whole time, which is always a wonderful feeling of HVZ. Right. So, you know, they kudos, again, kudos to the game design. And I know they had changed a few things on the fly for that mission as well. And no, I, I enjoyed the mission, even though I was getting tagged more than I would have liked with the... Uh the shots from the other side it, it was still fun well thought out i mean people got to use their special ammo which is always great so yeah i would have liked it more if i had felt like i understood all the rules yeah but like the zombie briefing was quick fast and in a hurry so dora could go back in and do her part of the human briefing as well right yeah and and that, so if I had to make a commentary criticism, it would be that the the zombie mod needed to be out there for the zombie modding, yeah, and not dealing with the human stuff on top of that because we were like no one understood what the maze was. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's a legit thing. I think a lot of times in HVZs in general, the zombie side of the game loses the story a bit. Um, and even, you know, a lot of times it's unintentional. They, they do the briefing, but it's, uh, it's not as in depth as the human one. Cause it's more, Oh, you're zombies. And I, I think as a player, no matter what side I'm on, I do want to see the story you're trying to tell. Yes. So ensuring that even as a zombie, you get the full story would be good. And I understand when you're, when your zombie mod is an important NPC, you have to pull and, you know, time from somewhere I get that, but I think that's a fair criticism, if if we even want to call that a criticism, um, of something that can be improved upon. Fair commentary. Commentary. Yeah, commentary. That's, that's why I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's commentary or criticism, but this is how I feel. I mean, yeah. that's something they can easily fix next year. Uh, have a story and a mechanics team, and let the mechanics team be the mod. And the story guys can come in for it later. or But at least get the mechanics and the idea across. Well, let's, the let's hold mod. that part. Until yeah. we talk about zombie finale briefing here, moment. Yes, good point. Because that's point. that's where that's going to come up pretty hard. Yeah. So at this point, mission four is done. We're all hanging out, relaxing, getting our breath, and there is a massive rain delay, thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thunderstorm rolls through. Rain, and it already rained a bit earlier too. Um, and so they were basically delaying for rain and it was kind of like, it was going to be another mission. That mission got scrapped. And I believe part of that mission was rolled into final stand. Um, especially because the kill curve, like the number of humans at that point was obscenely high for going into a final stand. Right. Um, and so there was a bit of the, what I, I kind of jokingly now cause like the mic 30 minutes where it's like, oh crap, oh crap, I need 30 minutes and then I'll solve this game. And he does it every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know, it's a Mike huddled with the, his his mod staff, and they came up with a game plan. Um, and we all just kind of got a breather and drink water, drink yeah. water profusely. Yeah. Um, and then it was it was time for final stand. So why don't we start with the zombie briefing? Because yeah. it happened first, I think. Sort yeah. Of. So we go to zombie briefing, which is on this lawn, like down the hill from the briefing room. Yeah, we could see you guys out there. And this is, of the entire weekend, the most disorganized thing I experienced with the mod staff. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we had like six or 12 rules changes clarifications regarding how the mechanics of Nebula worked in our briefing. And they weren't consistent. Yet they changed repeatedly until they settled on what, in my opinion, was the most dangerous version of the rules for Nebula and the zombies attached to Nebula. So they were workshopping during the mission briefing is what I'm hearing. We're going to get there in a second. So Mm -hmm. when we encountered Nebula initially, Nebula, like they could be, the zombies could be distance to Nebula the ropes could play in and out from Nebula as long as Nebula was kind of the center point. Mm-hmm. They could meander around Nebula however they liked. Everything's good. The rules as they landed when we started hearing about them was the zombies were allowed to link arms off the zombies attached to Nebula, and that any zombie with linked arms would then also be subject to Nebula, and that got kiboshed very quickly. Yeah, so I was like, say what? That would have been a little overpowered. Yeah. We literally would have just all linked arms in a big circle and rolled across the field. <laughs> like, I would have put my foot down. Um, and me and Alan land on the immediate response when we hear the link arms thing of, oh, we're just going to take the back two ropes, link arms, and stand directly behind Nebula. Oh, yeah, we're covering the pipeline. Yeah, this is done. We'll just win it here. We don't have to walk across campus. Uh, um. And finally, it ended up by the end of all of the clarifications, the zombies had to always remain at maximum extension from Nebula. Not quite. They, they could leave a little bit of slack, but not much. As it Just was so explained at the there. time, they were supposed to be at maximum extension from Nebula. And and I immediately, because Bogue's going to do it, and I grabbed Bogue and I went, you tell those other three idiots not to stand at maximum extension because someone's going to hurt her and I'm going to get pissed. Mm-hmm. And Bogue looked at me and went, okay. Yeah. Um, because my concern was one of the zombies lunging with the rope in hand, right? And dragging her off her feet and hurting her. Yeah. Because I'll be real. I don't care about the guys who are attached to you because they know what they're doing, making mm-hmm. the choice. She may not know that the guy behind her is lunging for a tag and just pulled her onto her ass and her head off the turf right yeah especially as so, as it was i i was less annoyed about the various changes to nebula when i heard like how that was designed to originally go out the sheer number of like changes rules clarifications comments commentary arguments during our zombie briefing was so bad that me Alan and Blue ended up sitting in the Adirondack chairs with our eyes closed, waiting for them to finish. Because every comment made resulted in, what about this? What about this? What about this? 
what about this? And from they went one over of the, the other same, zombie. And they yep. went over the same things like 20 times. It, it was disorganized on the zombie team. Not so, the mod so much, but... Well, I mean, there was some mod stuff, right? Because we had to clarify the rules for right. for Nebula like eight times right. until we learned on what I feel personally was the most dangerous version of that rule set. Um, so that's, if I have to pick, like, James, what was your bad moment? What could the mods improve on that? The rules should have been, if not set before the event, right? Because things change. I understand that. They need to be set before the mission, agreed to by the mod team, and this is how it's. Yeah, that's a fair thing. But that that's how the zombie thing went. There was a lot of that, and then we, you know, you guys came out. So, so for, uh, yeah, Tim, you want to you go through our briefing? I, I think you paid better attention than I did. All right. <laughs> um, so our briefing was basically, we get laid out, again, what I'm going to jokingly call the might kill mission where it's a multi-part thing we have to do and it's like oh god oh god oh god how am i gonna remember this oh no it oh, was god more difficult oh god for we're me. all gonna die yeah and and i personally felt it was more difficult for me because i was a zombie the mission that all of these specials were basically getting introduced and so i only knew of one of them which was the what i call the kaboomer it was a tnt charger thing um and so basically, we were laid out that there were, I believe it was four points, four areas on campus that had the NPC bad guys, the ones that were allied with Pandora. Um, and they had each captured one of the NPC good guys from the other team of interns or whatever. It was the A um, team and the B team. Yeah, A team and B team. And we had to essentially go through and rescue the B team members from the evil A team person at each point and each of the each of the A team members had a different mechanic. So the the area one was the flesh beast was nebula with the four zombies kind of tentacling off. Um the second one was the TNT person, I believe, right? Uh down uh, past which, the um the statue of Yeah, Santa it was a uh, kaboom. It was it was kaboom. Yeah. So it was it, that that mechanic was uh, and this was this person was down near us for the tank rodeo too, and never went off because there was not a lot of ammo. Um, the zombies could pick up ammo, which great little thing to help clean up. Dr- uh, dump it into a cardboard box. It looked like a big TNT with like a plunger, like a Minecraft TNT box. So, um, could dump it into there, and when it got to a certain point, it would set off this special, which was a charger with two noodles. So it would get like a five second charge. And then would spin around with the noodles and kind of not necessarily in place, but in the general area, which is kind of wildly spin. It was a creeper. The noodles. It, it was a yeah. creeper. Yeah. And anyone who got tagged by the noodle was out. Um, so it could be very deadly. And for each of these, or let's see, that was second one. The third one, I don't even know what happened because I got out after the second one. And I don't remember what they were. The third one was. was was the uh, the area of effect boomer with the cones? Ah, but we ran up and, yeah. and popped him before he even realized that the humans were getting to them. Yeah, and then was there a fourth one, or was the fourth one just Pandora? I think there was a fourth one. Uh, I think the fourth one got cut due to weather, and we went straight okay. to um, Pandora. That sounds. Is that right, right Mike? I'm sure Michael let us know in chat, but yeah, that sounds right. Hey, he's um, typing now. 
And so, yeah, so we basically were told you have these objectives to do. You can do them in any order, but you should do them in the numbered order. And so that threw a wrench into some of the plans. Um, and we couldn't. Point, uh, Mike says all four were there as a stun locker and then the respawner human. The humans blitz three and four. Yeah, uh, the zombies were kind of caught in a corner at a. Uh... Yes. Yes. The humans got past them, and then just uh, basically the speed squad kids just booked it ahead of the rest of the humans. And I have, I have commentary on mission two as well, or on, on boss rush boss two. Once you're done talking, yeah. So, so we we talked yeah. about splitting up, but we really couldn't do that because the only way to kill the specials was to hit them with the BFG. And now this was a thrifted titan. <laughs> that uh, Brain had cut up pool noodles and then taped, decapitated. Oh, they're Badonkadonks. They're from Borderlands. So uh, Tiny Tina builds explosives on plush animals in Borderlands. Oh, okay. Ah. That makes so much more sense now. Gotcha. All right, so we were basically getting feeling overwhelmed by the number of objectives we had to do. Well, and, and the mechanic for Pandora herself, right? Yes. Was yes, yes. just insane. So Pandora was a, uh, never ending boomer. Yeah. Infinity boom. <laughs> if you got her with, was it a sock? A sock. If yes. you tagged her with a sock, she stopped booming, and then you could run up on her and get a flag off of her. And if you did that three or four times, then Pandora would be down. And this, the sock would deactivate her for 15 seconds, and you could only pull off one flag per stun, basically. Now, if uh, you hit her with the BFG, though, then it was 30, it was 30 seconds. seconds. Now, yes. I want to point out, though, she's acting as a boomer. Yeah. So even if you get her with a sock and she goes down, you still have all the zombies that have just respawned off of her. So like that was like in my mind that was the impassable wall yeah. of the mission. Yeah, that was the no matter what you do. And like we so as briefing ended and they're like you're leaving in 2 minutes. I the humans were very all over the place and I just stepped up and was like Everyone, give me your attention, and kind of had my what we call we call the Cody moment, where Cody at one of the Grove City games stood up on a bench, got all the humans rallied, came up with a plan, and so I pulled them over and said, you know, this is what we need to do. Especially if we get to Pandora, we need to do this strategy, or we have no chance, and we need to you know do this. And then um, Olive from RIT, who is a fantastic HVC player, she stepped up and kind of. Basically, like, we kind of got everyone on board with a plan, and she had an idea to split up the humans and do what, you know, very, very RIT-esque strategy of go try to cap all the other points, basically, and then come deal with the horde. And the only reason we didn't was what you said earlier, Tim, We the, the BFG had to go with that group, and several humans swore up and down that the entire horde was not at point one, which we could see from the briefing room. 
that there was no, 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 there's more zombies, there's more zombies. But turns out there weren't. They were all there. Um, and so we decided to play it safe, and we were running out of time, so we had to make a decision. And so we decided, okay, we're just going to slow roll this. The human will form the death ball. <laughs> kind of became our little <laughs> cry. And we'll just push through. And kind of we, we came, Olive and I were kind of trying to come up with like tactics on the fly for the group. And so it was a very much a team effort of organizing the humans. And yeah, we went out of the briefing room, went down to the fire pit area where they were at, where Nebula was at, and uh, went into it. Now, there was a moment where I'm a very safety conscious player. Uh, I think partially because, you know, I'm, I'm also a game runner with C13 now. And I'm like, oh, hey, there's a super steep hill here with stairs down it. And the hill is definitely still wet from the rain. So I'm telling all the humans, don't go down the hill. And what do they start to do? They start to try and walk down the hill. And the person with the BFG falls on his butt. And I hear a loud crack. And they swear up and down it was not the BFG that broke. It was a mag. But later, the BFG lost its barrel. So, <laughs> so simultaneously, you guys are coming out, right? And there is no zombie that curries enough favor with the entire horde to make them do anything for any number of reasons. Uh, one, I didn't care to try. Right. Uh, it was late in the day. I was tired. And some of them were frustrating people because we had had like 15 rules clarifications about the same rules. So you guys are coming out of the building and a large portion of the zombies decides that the correct plan is to sprint up the hill to engage the humans. Yeah, they were not smart. And we're like, what are you doing? When in history has that been the... Oh, well, they just got tapped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so me and Vams are kind of hanging out at the bottom, looking up. Yeah. And then I feel a dart hit me. I look down, and I'm like, there's a dart here. And then it, James just says, Connor just tagged you. Because Connor is standing at the top of the staircase, waving emphatically at his uncle and pointing at himself. It shot um, me with my own blaster, by the but, way. But a general, like, don't charge them, leave them alone, finally gets called, and the humans all come down the hill. Uh, yeah. In all truth, once you guys made fairly short work of us, we got one boom before Mike pulled the boomer. Um, I'm assuming because he wanted to actually, you know, run mission. And you guys make really short work. Uh, and we all take off walking. We're ahead of you guys going to uh, point two. And so yeah. internally, I'm like, oh, okay, so this is kind of the plan. We're going to move in a controlled fashion from point to point, having intense. I tell you in what, order though, to see point one was the the only one where I was really worried that we weren't going to like make it any further. I. I concur, given what I knew about the specials at that time, which was nothing. <laughs> I knew how Nebula worked. Sa only same, Nebula. same. Yeah, um, I, I knew that. So, I knew that TNT did something if he collected enough darts. So we're yeah. getting to the TNT thing. We didn't know how that worked, but what we did know was one of the UMBC kids had run back into the building during your briefing and gotten a cardboard box. So where you're marching across campus to go to the second point. Okay. So this is kind of the plan. We're going to move kind of point to point to replicate having a large horde at all these locations so that it feels HVZ 
this is different. Okay, cool. Whatever. So we get there, and literally the second we get there, the UMBC kids who have brought this box borderline like gang tackle the the kaboom mod and start dumping the contents of this box into the boom box because they have collected every dart they were supposed to collect during campus by dart sweep and kept it for this moment. Yeah. They were smart and, about that. I'll give them that. And they load the boom box. You guys get there. And no sooner do like the first 20 humans step off the stairs than boom goes off. And yeah, now to clarify, there was a moderator actively talking to us as. And it, we were basically told, get down off the stairs and move away from them by Mike, I believe it was. Well, and here's, here's yeah. what was going on on our side. We had two mods who said nothing while that happened, including one doing the kaboom. Right. Yeah. They did not hear. And that's, Which that's is a communication is, breakdown. Right. Where I was going to bring up issues with rules and communication. <laughs> um, yeah. Those mods need to say, you cannot set this thing off until the humans are all off the stairs. Right. Now, and, so, and, and, and to... now part of it was the humans were being so, like anxious about getting out. I was like, no, just get down the stairs so we can keep playing. You are safe. Mike is telling you, get off the stairs. <laughs> yeah. And I, I will give Mike the credit for walking that back because I, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Also, yeah. I agree that it was the recall when it occurred, but what it did was destroy the surprise factor of that. Oh, absolutely. Mob. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was now, it was now kind of a, at best, a distraction instead of being a weapon the zombies could utilize. Yeah. Yes, um, it would have been and, devastating if it had gone off in surprise. And right. it led to effectively a zombie wipe that allowed the humans, the remaining speed squad, to speed run objectives three and four and get to the oval ahead of the entire horde. Much, yes. to, much to the dismay of some OZs. Yeah. Yes, I, probably much to the dismay of all the zombies. Oh, it sucked! It was incredibly demoralizing. Yeah. yeah, and it was not. I, I and I would say it was never. We were never told one way or the other if the zombies were supposed to be at each point, and it was like a set piece event, or if it was kind of a once you're out the door, the thing rolls. And having the kind of the aster, the the boomer character say you know out of game like you're going to follow me to the next point the game is still going you know you're not safe but you're going to follow my general path to the next point did kind of make it seem like it's going to be set pieces and i definitely see your point there yeah like so I, yeah. I don't know what the intent was that was my understanding and yeah, yeah. we weren't uh quite notified of how that was supposed to play out properly. And like, side. Alex, you got killed in the confusion between mis between tw point three, right? Yeah, so what happened with point with at point two was the humans had basically, there was like an L-shaped building and the zombies were in the green kind of created by that. And the humans had basically splayed out in like a semicircle around the zombie horde and the zombies all they they came up for respawn and they all aimed at one side and ran and I was near the other side so I basically rallied those humans once I realized what happened and we had an opening and we charged in 
and just started, you know, eliminating zombies. And there was a boomer that went off, I believe, at one point. And after that, um, when all most of the zombies were stunned, we came in and just basically picked off all the zombies that were kind of milling around there that still had headbands on, got the BFG to run in and capped, you know, the the the, the kaboomer, you know, with the BFG. And then the humans, at that point, the first group apparently started their speed squad run for three and four, which then stretched the entire human line out. And this whole time, I had been, you know, very adamant, like, slow and steady, stay as a group, and we actually have a fighting chance to get to the very end, you know, with this. And the humans spread out, and I, as I'm kind of going with them, I'm noticing that the group that was back on my side, there's probably 15 humans, 10, 15 humans who are not noticing that the, the rest of the humans are leaving. So I'm yelling for them. I'm yelling for the humans leaving to hold for a second and, you know, like support them, get them safe. They finally notice and they come running over, get all the humans out safely right as the zombies hit their respawn. And there's like a one half of a charge which tags a few people, and then I see 10 or 15 zombies band up 30 feet from me as all the humans are running past me, and I'm yelling for them, like, turn, blasters up, it's, you know, basically we got to hold off another charge, and I think, like, three people actually put the blasters up, and the rest of them just ran after the humans, and uh, a very skilled shield zombie one-on-one uh, -on -one me. <laughs> And got the tag as my my dart bounced off the top rim of their shield, oh. trying to like aim down over the top. It was no, it was a great, great way to go out. Where it was like it was fifty fifty. If I had had the blaster forward a half inch more, I would have gotten the tag. You know that type of thing. I feel bad because Dan so. Dan and I were kind of hurting cats during that mission. Like literally yeah. at one point, Morgana <laughs> walks up to me with Milo, and she's like, "Here, I found your lost lamb." <laughs> well, well and, like. Ooh playing leader for that mission like normally i am stuck to the squad like glue if i if i can and that mission i was front and center with a lot of the rat people for half of the mission because you know i was kind of co-leading with with um olive and so i was front and center i was down i was i had gotten rid of all my mags i was running a tomcat you know um, with drums and i was like i have slow rate of fire i told him all that i have, I have slow rate of fire I'm going to call your hits for you and I'll pick off anyone coming close who gets past you. And that strategy worked so well for the, those charges up until I got tagged. And it was really good support role. I think because when you're full auto at people and there's a horde charge, it's hard to tell who you're hitting because you're switching targets up. And yeah. so I was just sitting there firing maybe four shots a charge, picking off zombies and I had the accuracy to do that, but I was also going, you're hit on your foot, you're hit on your leg, you know, you hit on the shoulder whenever I'd see someone coming in in my field of vision. So it's really helpful to have, like, someone actually being able to tag, call the tags they were seeing happen. Neat. Yeah, but then, so they speed run three and four, and, and you, Dan, and all three kids are still in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we and made then, it over to the Oval. And we had gotten Connor, what, at first point? Yeah. Tagged at the yeah, we point. did. Yeah, he did. Um, so as we're coming into the oval, there stands Mike as he is handing Bogue single weak point suck flags. Oh, and my internal monologue goes, finally. Yep. Uh he goes, Do you want a horde? Do you guys want some horde eggs? 
And yeah. before Alan can get S, I go, I want something. <laughs> yep. So he just hands us a bag of horde eggs. Mm-hmm. I hand two to James. I grab one. Somebody else comes, can I have a horde egg? And he, yeah, have a horde egg. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I punted a horde egg probably 35 yards into a group. <laughs> to be fair, those horde eggs were a little tricky to figure out how to throw crack. But correctly. they punt really well. Didn't try uh, but <laughs> as we're as we're entering and we've got the horde eggs and we're driving onto the green and again I I amble at best right we're tactical moving into this thing we hear Mike from behind us uh, single weak point socks is in play horde eggs are in play and all the lamp posts are spawn points and there mm-hmm. are like twelve lamp posts equal distant around this oval. yeah Mike's and from there. For- Tree spawn, sign spawn, lamppost spawn, rock spawn. Tree spawn. From there, it's it's just a slaughter. Yeah. Like, there is no real chance. The humans at one point held one of the four points they were supposed to because they had two proton packs. Oh, I forgot about holding yeah. the points. Yeah. Yeah, they were points. You had to hold. So, yeah, after we rescued the four teams, four B team members, they activated... Um, King of the Hill style nodes at the final uh, area. And a human could activate it by holding it for two points and a zombie could activate it by holding it for one point. We had to get three of them human activated at one time before they would lock in. Okay, so we were told you needed all four. Oh yeah, in in the human briefing they definitely said it was three. Yeah, well, (laughs) like this is back to... Yeah. A lot of things were changing quickly in that last... Uh, yeah, finale mission, but it it becomes a slaughter, and I want to say Bo killed you, Tim. Yeah, so which means right. transitive yeah. property. I am Tim. Yes, 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 you did. So I with <laughs> Milo and loosely Sebastian, Dan, and Jet. Like we were kind of all in the same little um, blob, and we kind of work our way around. So if we came in, there there was a big shrine across the road from this oval. So if you count that as 12 o'clock, we came in at kind of maybe four o'clock. So we work our way around the outside perimeter from four up to noon. Um, and then around, and I got to probably around, uh, seven o'clock and mm-hmm. there's, I dodged two horde eggs and then this noodler comes in. And as the noodler goes to lunge at me, I pop three, darts off of his chest and then his noodle lands and he's like i got you i was like no nah, i i got you in the chest before you got me no nah, and it ended up he's, he's uh he's trying to dispute it meanwhile there are um waves of other zombies coming in so i'm not stopping to debate with this guy uh who i clearly knew i had tagged um i'm not well, stopping had made it very clear if there is a dispute you are not safe yeah. Right. Yeah. So I continue to defend myself as he's uh, tantrumly pulling out his wallet, trying to find a coin to flip. Uh, and when I don't stop to flip the coin with him, he goes stomping off to talk to Nebula to complain about me. Um, and then as he's over there having his temper tantrum, stomping up and down and whatnot, um, Bogue comes up from behind and hugs me because <laughs> I had no clue he was back there. Hmm. 
that's how he gets you. You never know he's there. So, I, like, I, I just, I feel hands on my shoulders, and then I see a beard come over my left shoulder, and I was like, ah, I'm so glad it's you. Well, and, like, legitimately, I tag him out in Mission 4, and I'm like, well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quitting now. I'm retiring. I've tagged out HVZ. You're a game changer. And he, as he is tying the bandana around his head for the first time, he goes, yeah, for the zombies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bogue is a fear. He is a force to be reckoned with, uh, whether it's a sock in his hand or a bandana on his head. Um, and he very often will go OZ just because he hears that um, the zombies need more. Yeah, the numbers are bad numbers, or whatever. Yeah. Um, there was so, there was a mission one time where he, they spent like hours the evening before rolling up tons and tons of socks, only for him to yes, go. Yes, I have OZ. I heard that five minute respawn. Yeah. Uh, now for final stand, one of the things that I know why it happened that you know this is a place to play. Oh, and lampposts are all respawns now. That was fast roll. That was supposed to be, according to Mike, at least in that moment, done a little bit later, kind of as a, okay, we're going to up the stakes now. The humans were surviving. But if we had looked about where you were at to about seven or eight o'clock, there was a storm wall rolling in. Yeah. And, and you know, it got pointed out to me. I'm like, oh, yeah. So we did a very quick picture at the end. And it was like, get back to the briefing room. Yeah. Dan and I didn't this- even make it into that picture. Yeah, you got. Yeah, we were collecting our. We were collecting our, you know, thousand dollars worth of FDLs. Right. Technically, you were in the far background of the picture. You were in there, just really tiny. I know. On the walk back, the uh, some of the younger crowd was like, "Double time! Back to the briefing room! Come on, we gotta get out of the ring! Double time!" And I was walking with Bogue, and he was just like, "This is my double time." Right foot, left foot. I'm old and tired. I'm not running anymore today. <laughs> when when John ran past us and he has the the boom stuff, and he goes, metal stick, metal stick, coming through, metal stick. <laughs> because there was thunder at that point. Yeah. Coming yep. in. Yep. Um, yep. And, I mean, by the time I we got back to the briefing room, it was... The wind was picking up. The rain was starting to come down. It felt wonderful. Yeah. After hey, pounding yeah. around. And get, guess what the FDLs were protected in? I know what they were protected in. A Buffalo Wild Wings bag. Harkening <laughs> Har- back to End War 18. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so that was that was it. We did zombie prayer afterwards in the briefing room. With Off the of, Z-1-3 yep. Sign that uh, Sean Squirrel Slayer made for us, which is just amazing so thank you sean um that did get some use and yeah and then we we packed up and and headed headed back to the airbnb yeah yeah we we had originally <laughs> thought we were gonna do shoes <laughs> yeah oh, yeah yeah <laughs> oh that still annoys me they they uh, hit uh alex's <laughs> fake uh um, my target Birkenstocks. Yeah, there you go. Birkenstocks. Was the... <laughs> my drive, my driving sandals, as I call them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which we're, we're... You, you are. Sorry, you are correct, Alex. Those are very comfortable because I bought a pair. Yeah, they're they're pretty good for especially for the price. Um, oh yeah. yeah. They were they were in his cooler, um, and the boys helped On carry side, stuff out. Side bag, side pockets of a cooler. Yeah. yeah. And at some point, they fell out. 
Sebastian saw them, did not, I think, realize that they were Alex's, so did not stop was, to yeah. pick them up, and they are now lost didn't mention time. to anyone that there, there are shoes on the ground here, and supposedly they were both found over the course of that night and the next day, and then vanished. So I'm assuming... They're in Aster's closet. Aster took them home. So what I want, what I told Mike, what I really, truly want is for Passive 24, you know, Passive 2, to have a dossier that is (laughs) Alex's shoes. Nice. Lost clog. I would, I I have a pair that is getting worn, because I have like three pairs of these now. Um, I have an old pair that is like worn through, and I will donate them to the cause. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if I can have that dossier. Um, the quest for the clog. But yeah, at that point, we packed up, went back to the Airbnb. Uh, Bo came over and inebriated my, me with alcohol, and it was a good night. The end. It, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys came over, yep. hung out for a little while. You promised us a fire. That did not happen. Well. Yeah, nobody was. wanted to be outside anymore. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. were done. We discussed it. We're like, it's wet. We're tired. Air no. conditioning. <laughs> I, no, I, I totally don't blame you on that one because I would have been like, what the fuck are y'all doing with fire? <laughs> Your football house. <laughs> yeah. The backyard had a football field in it, literally. Yeah. The size of a football field. But yeah, like, so overall, um, like, general thoughts, like, some communication issues, which I feel like is. I've never seen an HVZ not have some communication issues, especially when things change on the fly. Um, but other than that, like, at no point was I not enjoying myself. At no point was there a mod decision that I was like, oh, I don't agree with that. Um, so I thought it was just a fantastically run HVZ. Like, I had a great time. Completely agree. Yeah, communication is my only thing. And that's just a matter of, like... I made the Avengers reference earlier, right? They've only just assembled. They haven't fought Doctor Doom or Kang yet. Let's see what happens next. Yeah, that's the other thing that's impressive. This was a first go. Like, yeah, they all have experience doing their things. Mike has run a bunch of games at Grove City. But, like, this was their first thing thing. And it was their first thing where it's not a college club. That's a big thing. And it's it's kids from different schools. I say kids. Young adults. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Coming from different schools. To be clear, um, Mount Aloysius has no Nerf club, has no HVZ club. So there was no support from the local community because there was no community to be had. Yeah. It's a right. small town in rural Pennsylvania with a college. And I'm they basically to, yeah. rented the college. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they had to build their story with the limited knowledge of the layout of the campus that they had from a handful of walkthroughs. So they Mike did very just, well with it, too. Mike just pointed out this is his third invite that he's been involved in running, period. Because I, I did forget that Grove City, the first one we went to, was their first invite that he ran. So this is his third game with not just being like a college-only thing. But they, they had a sizable skill base. Them. Yeah. They utilized it well. Yeah. Um, Mike, you can't change it to fourth now. Stop changing your chat. My <laughs> my only thing, like all agreed communication, and I don't know, maybe a little more like 
buckle the rules up a little tighter and mm-hmm. have them. So like there's four villains, right? That all have very specific mechanics. If those mechanics had been available, like on a poster after mission two, and that poster went up in the briefing room between mission two and mission three. So I could walk over and read about the three that I didn't do because I didn't run that mission, right? The Nebula mission. So I didn't see the Kaboomer. Yeah. And that's a smart thing. You can do that in story. Be like when you first encounter them, they're bringing back the Intel. Exactly. Right now documented. You have, Oh, we took photos. It's obviously photos that were taken before. Yeah. But right. yeah, I like that idea. You know, anything special that you might occur, might run into later gets posted up. And I know Mike is huge on the, he wants the briefing room to feel like it's part of the game world to an extent. And, and intelligence dossiers. Do yes. Yeah. Wonderful way to do it. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. So. Um, and then the other, the other thing I like the flesh beast a lot. Right. And I like specifically, I like the nebula application of the flesh beast, but the final version of the rules that were landed on, I cannot put into words how uncomfortable they made me. I was deeply worried for her safety and I'm very happy that nothing happened. Yeah. No, we always want to focus on player safety. Yeah. Like that's, you know, everyone who knows me knows that's my biggest thing. I'll, I will play a tank to scare the living crap out of a human. And then I will stop all the zombies from chasing them down the dangerous hill. Like in war 22, right. like no, 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 no. Just cause we have them on the run. It's not worth it. Let them get away. They shouldn't have gotten down that hill. That was a stupid decision on their part. Mm-hmm. We're not going to follow that decision up and we're not going to force any more of them to make that decision. <laughs> no, all that said, best HVZ I've ever been to. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. Just now, so much fun. Now, what is your invitational count? Actual invitationals, uh, five. Okay. Yeah. This is was my second one total, so. I don't know what mine's at now. I was just thinking, so I've got the four end wars. Mine's not that high. I've got the four end wars, now passive. Uh, I have, I think, four Youngstowns, two Bowling Greens, an Athens. That might be it. This might only be my sixth. I think this was six for me. To be fair, out of all four of us, oh, five of us in chat, I'm oh. probably the newest to the hobby. So, <laughs> Mike, Mike yeah. corrects me. Yeah, the the two Grove cities that I've been to as well. Yeah, and the bulk of my HVZ play was before Electric Blasters. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Whereas all of mine have been since the pandemic. Like, yeah, was going like since we had that pause. So I've been to six since then. Yeah, but we. James and I live in a dearth of HVZ. Yeah, we have at, we're like nothing. We have no scene within like ten hours, which is yeah. sad. It is very much so because I do like the game. Just gotta make the scene happen at LSU. Oh, uh, we don't have anybody that goes to LSU. We don't have any active students right now. Yeah, you know, I know a game format that is easily playable in a laser tag arena. Yeah, we're uh, working on. That. Just... I'm. S- Still considering the jump, the uh, trampoline park that's not far from us. Oh God! <laughs> we play ZDM. Yeah, we're working on stuff. It's just gonna take time. All right, so I'd like to go through real quick. I know we've, we've been going for a while, but I want one more thing. I want each of us to say what was your favorite moment in gameplay that you had. 
So I want, let's do James. Why don't you start? What was your tagging favorite? Danny Bogue? All you right. all know what it was going to be. I know, but I want to hear you say it one more time. <laughs> tagging Danny Bogue, swimming through five zombies, starting with Danny Bogue as he goes, that doesn't work on you. How about you, Alan? Uh, mega zombie where I swam through about five or six people and took out the BFG wielder. All right. Tim? Seeing Milo make it to final stand in his first invitation yeah. ever. While while being sick, basically. Like, oh, yeah. 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 Tough kid. <laughs> Dude's a trooper. We, um, ju- we just found out today he got all A's this year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he knocked his report nice. card out of the park. That's awesome. Mine would be... Mine would have been the tank thing had you guys been there. But uh, I would say mine was uh, the the leading... Like, just kind of becoming the leader for part five for Final Stand. I was happy to see you up there. I, 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 I've I done that, like, two times now. I kind of started doing that at Geneva, uh, which you, you didn't get to go to, Tim, um, in one mission. So I, I, I apparently that's my thing now. I'm going to start being the human leader, and I don't I don't know how I feel about that. You're, you're <laughs> a general now, Alex. Right. Start calling you, sir. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll call you TK1140. Oh, God. There you go. <laughs> but no just just i don't know maybe it's like a weird psychological like childhood trauma issue but uh actually having people listen to me feels really good and then having the plan kind of work feels really good uh, but so to be fair you are a big tall dude and you got a that voice that when you decide to be commanding on the field i heard you you were pretty commanding on the field bro that's that's good to know that's good to know <laughs> all right what else do we got? Shout outs. We covered all our shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. I would do recent projects, but we've this has been a long episode, so we'll save that for next time. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first for shout outs? I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> My shout out goes to Alan, who has, since this event, been feverishly prototyping and designing and working to get functional shells for the Betty blooper into the public's hands after the mad rush demand that has developed, uh, from, um, James's find for in, in his ever search for content for Talon X armor armory. My, uh, my shout out is going to be the cop out one and it's going to be a three person one. It's going to be a shout out to James, Allen and Connor who came all the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, drove to Pennsylvania to play HVZ with us, our amazing people. Only got to be humans time. for an hour and a half. And and like literally, like I nominated them at the awards for best spirit because it was like that's 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 the game. Like they they saw that the game needed to go on, even if they weren't necessarily happy about being zombies at that point. Like wow, such thing, such a good thing to see. Um, so just the, the spirit I saw from you guys was amazing. And also, shout out to Connor, who's not here with us right now. Such a cool kid. Like, just, he was having a ball. Fun to hang out with. Fun to run with. Um, I handed him my Horde egg at Final Stand, because he was like, <laughs> I have a shield. I kind of want to throw something. I was like, hey, take it. Go for it. And he just ran off so happy. Yeah. Um, and this is... This is <laughs> This is the last part. Joking, they they bought so much of my stuff. So shout out to them for just not making me haul blasters back. You're welcome, Alex. 
if you think that's a cop out, here's the real cop out. I'm going to shout out two people who will never ever hear this because they don't care about the hobby other than the fact that we enjoy it, which is Alan's wife, Katie, and my fiance, Rebecca, who put up with us leaving for a week and essentially going in communal. <laughs> that that's true. Yeah. So, uh, Always important to shout out the significant others who put up with us. I, I refer to Rebecca routinely as the cute girl with, with my shit. It's true. Um, for mine, I will... Well, for one, I'll shout out Tim because he has been willingly printing out all the shells I've been throwing at him for the uh, Betty Boo do and Veronica. Yeah, Archie will be ready soon. Don't worry. Uh, also for Alex for joining in the beta testing. And uh, yeah, actually to Mike and the rest of the mod team at Passive because that was a fun-ass event. I loved it. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Yeah, they really did put on a phenomenal show. Yes. Yes, they did. Well, I think that brings this one home. Uh, wow, we're at two hours and 43 minutes on the timer. Now, that'll get pared down, but I we're probably going to be looking at about another two-hour episode, which uh, rivals what we did for Endwar last year. So congratulations, Mike. You uh, y- you get an Endwar caliber episode for your event. Endwar caliber event, Endwar caliber episode. There Indeed. you go, exactly. Um, and for all the listeners, next time we will actually be talking to Mike, yep. Mike and, and mod staff. Mike and Luke and I, can't, I know Mike told me who the third. Per- oh, um, Ryan from RIT. So the next time you hear from us, you'll be hearing from the mod side of things. So it should be a good talk. Yes. All right. We will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Deuces. I was waiting for it. <laughs>Guess what? Guess what we're gonna guess what we're gonna do right now. You gonna massage some darts? Massage a large blue, (laughs) a large blue girthy cylinder. Uh, Are we recording a dildart? Oh, we're recording. Shit! Damn it!